Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between faith and therapy. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people I feel can equip your mental, emotional, relational, physical, or spiritual health. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's episode is equipping your spiritual and emotional health as I talk with my friend, Nicole Jacobsmeyer, about how to take back your joy. Through her authenticity and the sharing of her own struggles, Nicole encourages women to keep going when all seems lost. She believes that it's possible to find lasting joy and purpose in Christ, and that He is good no matter what life brings our way. She and her husband, Andrew, have four kids and reside in North Carolina. They love being outdoors, baking chocolate chip cookies, and playing sports. Please help me welcome Nicole to the show. Well, hello, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love whenever I get to meet my guest in person. So we actually just got to meet in person before I'm having you here on this podcast. That was super fun. I know. Oh, I'm so glad we were able to do that. It's just so good to see people. It, yes, on Zoom. Yes, over the internet. But in real life, you just can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So I love to ask all my guests, what is a random fun fact about you that I may not have read in your professional bio? Well, I bake cookies weekly. Ooh, what kind? <laughs> and that is something chocolate chip. I just, I don't know why I just do this and I love it and it brings me joy. <laughs> I love it. And we're talking about taking back your joy. Step one, yes. bake cookies weekly. <laughs> <laughs> bake cookies weekly with your children. <laughs> I love it. I bet your kids love that too. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I already spilled the beans. We are talking about your new book uh, that as we speak, as the listeners are listening, just launched yesterday. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Praise the Lord. It's out. (laughs) Yeah. Now that I am in this process too, I have so much more respect for authors. And every time I see a book, I'm like, oh, I know how many hours upon hours and tears and labor of love went into that thing. So seriously, huge congrats. I'm excited to talk to you you about it. Um, Random fun fact about me, my middle name is Joy. So I love this topic of joy. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know why, you know how as a kid, you're kind of random on the things you think about. For a long time as a kid, I did not like my middle name. I don't know if I thought it was kind of like an old lady middle name or something. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Now I love it. So I'm not sure what that was about. (laughs) I've gotten over it anyhow. Um, Okay. So I love to hear whenever an author writes a book, there's always a reason behind it. So what propelled you to write a topic, a book on joy? Honestly, it was my biggest struggle. I had the hardest time trying to understand the correlation between Christ's joy and then my sufferings and the circumstances that I were going, that I was going through all those painful moments, all those trials, how in the world, number one, am I supposed to have joy? 
What does it mean that Christ is my joy? And I just had a lot of questions concerning joy and suffering. And so this book kind of birthed out of my, was birthed out of my pain and my questions and my doubts and my own personal struggles. Well, that's exactly why I like to ask that question of authors, because usually it came out of their own pain and their own, like you said, something that they've struggled with, which I love that we write from those places, because when you've actually been in the trenches and you've been in the valley, we just get it. It's like you're just speaking a different language and people could be like, yes, she gets me in this struggle. So you mentioned that you had a hard time kind of reconciling okay, where's God and where's the joy in some of these sufferings? Um, Can you share with us, you know, one or two, why don't we just start with one of the trials that you've walked through? Yeah, I guess going back quite a ways, one of the first seasons of my life that I remember experiencing just the deepest pain and suffering that I've ever experienced was in college, I had a horrible traumatic event and I was raped. And I grew up in a Christian home and I had wonderful Christian friends. I was in quite frankly, just a Christian little bubble and innocent and loved the Lord. And to have that happen really made me question everything. And that's when it started. And I think having, having those types of deep pain and then reading about how God is your protector and your defender and thinking through who he is, but then looking at your life, it just does, it just didn't make sense. And so I think being able to go all the way back to that moment and realizing that's when it, that's when it really started and cultivating this understanding and almost a desire to dig into what the gospel really means and what a Christian really means and reading the word and understanding it to the fullest. And I I don't think I did back then, you know? Yeah. And thank you for being vulnerable. I know you did share this in your book, but also just sharing it here on the podcast to just, you know, let women know where you're coming from, because that's a big thing to walk through. And I know, unfortunately, a lot of people can relate to walking uh, through something like that. And so for you, like you said, you're raised in a Christian home What were your first steps out of there? I know you said you're learning about it, right? So obviously you didn't just, you know, go right into healing mode and, hey, I'm going to take, you know, (laughs) I'm taking back my joy right now. Um, You learned along the way. So what did that process look like for you? I think one of the first things that happened was I wanted to walk away from the faith completely. I felt like God completely just abandoned me and betrayed me because he didn't save me. And in my mind, you don't trust people who don't have your back. And so I was very much questioning and really just wanting to be done and calling it quits. And then the women's director, who was also a missions director at our church, called me randomly very shortly after all this happened. And invited me to her office. So I went in and I didn't know what she was going to ask me. I didn't know. (laughs) I was really nervous. (laughs) And she sat me down and asked me if I would lead the Nepal missions trip that next year. Well, 
I of course was like, absolutely not. I am not holy enough. I am not spiritual enough. Like ask another girl. I'm so broken. And it was the worst place I've ever been in my life. And spiritually, mentally, I was so depressed and she looked at me and she said, that is exactly why I want you to lead this trip is because you are so weak and broken and have nothing to offer that Christ is really going to shine through and he's going to be your strength and you're going to, you're going to do this. And I just will never forget that because it was the service and the responsibility that started to pull me out. I think that God knew he knew for sure. He knew that I wasn't going to just open the Bible and get back into my faith. I wasn't just going to go to church and sing a song about how he's my faithful provider and father and all these things. And that that was going to bring me back. He knew that with my personality, I needed responsibility and I needed to be able to serve other people to get outside of myself in order to take those first steps of healing. And so that was during that season, that was exactly what was my first step to pulling me out and kind of getting me back on track. And I love how beautiful that is as it relates to the gospel, because it's almost Mm -hmm. like you also, you needed someone to see your brokenness and say, that's okay. You're still, that doesn't disqualify you. I'm not moved by that because God is still God. God is still good. Jesus is still our redeemer and on the throne. And it just instills that hope back into you of, oh, okay. So my life isn't over as I knew it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I cannot believe how timely that was because it could have happened the other way where she was like, oh gosh, yeah, you are going through a lot. Let's table this and talk about it another time. Maybe in a couple of years you can lead a trip. I mean, just the fact that it was so quick to look past everything. And that is exactly what Christ does. And that is exactly how we should see ourselves, but also look at other people too. see past that pain and see past the brokenness and call, call them higher, you know? Yeah. You also, you know, again, you talking about coming from a Christian home, one of the things that can happen a lot of times is we start to feel that uh, pressure to put on a face like, yes, I went through something really hard, but let me just pretend like it's okay. I'm still put together. I've still got this. Can you speak to that for a little bit, that pressure you felt and then that space that you created to let yourself grieve and feel sad? Right. Well, I think a lot of people just don't share their deepest pains, you know? And so if you're not sharing them and if you're not talking about it, you automatically feel so alone in the church because you just went through something absolutely horrific. And yet no one else is talking about this. Everyone's talking about, you know, in James one, two, where it says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials or, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman laughing at the days to come. And it just seems very lighthearted and like a very tall order to even live those truths out. Like, how do you even do that? And so I wasn't the type of person that was going to fake it because I couldn't like, that was something that it was, would be way too hard for me to just like fake, like I'm fine when I was dying inside, you know? And so 
I think giving ourselves that strength to, and asking God for that strength to share with other people. I mean, right when I started doing that, it's like so many women will come with their stories, will come in this. And then we all recognize that we need a savior. We all recognize that we're on the same team. You know, we're not trying to tear each other down. And let's be honest, because life is really, really hard sometimes. And this whole fake it till you make it, or let's just talk about the blessings. Let's just talk about all the great stuff. That's wonderful, but that doesn't sustain, you know, like working through your pain with the Lord and sharing in each other's sufferings. So yeah, it was definitely hard, but it definitely gave me an opportunity to, to call out those other women that were walking in really hard, dark trials as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I personally love just being a Christian counselor. I can't tell you the number of people I've sat across from and they tell me something that they've never shared with anybody before that happened decades ago. Some people 20, 30, you know, years ago that they've never shared with anybody. And it's such a holy space when they do come into my office and can share that with me. And I, I love it and I'm grateful for it. But then my heart also breaks that it was 20 years before they could tell anybody, you know, that you just carried that thing around on our own. And so that's why my passion here, Real Talk with Rachel, is that we will sit here and have conversations. And, um, you know, I know there's a difference in, I never want to be the person who's just running around talking about all the hard stuff I've been through. Exactly. Here comes Debbie Downer talking about her problems again. Like definitely, I don't want to be that extreme, but I do want to be that safe place. And Uh, I also want to be clear with the listeners, sharing with somebody doesn't always look like going on social media and sharing or, you know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, even Nicole, you know, here you are years later sharing publicly with people, but we first, and you know, God may or may not have you share those things publicly, but we first share in those private, intimate, safe places. So it is so important. We all have those places. If you don't, you know, obviously you can see a counselor, but somebody at your church, a friend, a family member, just somebody that we can talk to and not carry that thing for years and years and years. Cause really just getting it up and out is the first step to healing. So I just love that you're, you're here, you're sharing it and you're opening that safe place for us. Um, one other thing I know you went through and I've actually also experienced is miscarriage. Um, that's an interesting, yeah, I'm sorry for you too, because until you go through it, you don't know the depth of pain that comes with that. It is just lots of pain, lots of confusion, disappointment. I mean, insert the feeling and it's there, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So can you share, if if there's anything you want to share on your experience with that and, you know, how that affected again, yeah, another suffering that kind of challenged where you see God and and keeping that joy in the midst of it. Yeah. Well, unfortunately I had this miscarriage and then we found out we were moving across the country and then I was diagnosed with cancer all in a very short time, just a few months. And so I honestly don't think I was able to grieve that loss till after the whole cancer surgery treatment stage, because I just had too much going on 
that I had to process what was first and the cancer and the questions that came with that and the pain that came with that for myself and our family, it was just, I I couldn't go there yet. So I had to, I had to give it time. And then once I was starting to heal from the cancer season, then it was like, I was hit so hard with the loss of the baby. And then it was just like, oh my goodness. It was just over, absolutely overwhelming. And so I think with a loss like that, it's obviously it's just so different for everybody, but I just know that I, I constantly go back to this verse in, um, in Romans eight eighteen. it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us and, or revealed to us. And I think everything that I'm going through and all this pain and the heartache just makes me yearn for eternity with my maker. And that is what helps me find at least a little peace during that time. And there was no joy and that's okay. Just having that grace for yourself to feel the things that you need to feel. And it might take a really long time. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be over it. So it's just different for everybody, but thinking about eternity just always brings me more peace. I love that verse and I love that perspective. And I appreciate that you brought up that word grace, because I think Mm -hmm. that's really important for us to extend ourselves that grace when you walk through things like this and also to trust the timing. I'm not surprised at all that when you had those two things stacked that your body and your brain and everything about you just said, we don't have the capacity to grieve that thing right now. But then when the time was right, you had that capacity to do it. And I see that a lot with grief that sometimes it's just not there and that's okay. You know, like no reason. It hits in waves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like a flood every couple months and then it slowly tapers off and then it's yearly. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah, it's just so hard. I'm sorry you had to go through that too. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, it, it is. But yeah. And like you said, the other thing about grief is that I think that the most common question that I get and every therapist I know gets about grief is how long is this going to take to move me through this? You know, people want the ABCD plan. (laughs) And unfortunately it is not linear. Um, But that doesn't mean that the healing won't still just come in in bits and pieces. And like you said, each time there's a new wave, there's new healing with it. And so that, that gets me excited. That gives me hope. That gives me joy to know that, like you said, even though you may not ever fully be over something, you'll never forget the impact it left on you. Um, When we allow the Lord just to work on our heart as those waves come, it does get easier for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And I do think, even in those moments, I know I said that I wasn't joyful, but I think you can have joy obviously in the worst seasons because joy isn't this fake happy, right? It's this assurance that God is with us regardless of what we go through, that he is our rock and that he's going to equip us and he is extending the grace and the love and the freedom and all the healing and the restoration, all the things 
come only from him and knowing that that assurance does bring us that joy, but it's, yeah, there's definitely not a, I just have to say the difference between joy and happiness because (laughs) I know when I go through things and people bring up joy, it's like, Ooh, touchy. Don't talk about that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I actually also appreciate that you said the, that joy versus happiness, because they are very different. Um, Do you want to speak to that at all? Like the differences that you see in joy versus happiness? Well, I mean, happiness is just so circumstantial, you know, it's just a fleeting feeling and it can change every two seconds. But I think the joy, like having that assurance, that stability, it's something just like peace, you know, or a fruit of the spirit that you can have these things in the midst of you fill in the blank, you know, your trials, your pain, your heartache, whatever it is, that that's what our joy is in. It's in Christ. He is our joy. And happiness is just like on a whole other, (laughs) like, just put that little feeling over there and (laughs) it comes and goes and, but joy actually remains. Absolutely. That verse came to mind. The joy of the Lord is my strength, you know, just it's a a deep, deep thing um, that strengthens us. Will you, um, let's go back to that, the time that you um, went through when you had cancer. How many years ago was that? That was just in three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. So this is still pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you shifted your focus during that time from your agenda to the Lord's agenda. Do you want to speak to how that difference that happened between you, between that gratitude and joy in that time? Yeah. I think when I was just confined to a bed, I couldn't do anything myself. I'm a very power through strong person. And so to not be the mom and not be the wife and not be the caretaker and doing all the things was so ridiculously uncomfortable for me. I wanted to just push a little fast forward button on the next six months of my life so that I could just get back to normal and we could all move on. But I think in those places of my control and what I wanted to do and having that being taken away from me where I couldn't do a thing, I had to just sit back and watch what God was doing. And that was through my kids. That was through strangers. That was through my husband, who was the complete rock of our family that year, taking on everything while he was going through his first year, his intern year of pediatric residency. And so the weight that he felt and that he was going through and to see how God was his strength and then sustaining my kids and I mean, just people coming out of the woodworks to help us in every way you're, you start to see the bigger picture. Cause I think I get, so when I get controlling and like my, my agenda and just focused on what's right in front of me and like what I'm doing, we do forget to sometimes like look up and look around and think, okay, this life is not revolving around me as much as I want to control the situations this life isn't revolving around me. And there are so many things that God is doing and the people around me. And just to be able to be like a witness to what God is doing was so beautiful in that time. Yeah. And are you, you're well now? Yes. Well, I mean, I'll be on medication the rest of my life since I don't have a thyroid anymore, but 
I, and I'm, I definitely don't have the energy that I used to. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I'm very different. I feel like I'm unwell sometimes <laughs> because I'm not like the old Nicole, but it is what it is at this point. So yeah, but I'm, I'm cancer free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, praise God. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So obviously we've already hit on several just trials that you've been through in your life and you're really big on preaching that we can move from pain to purpose. Can you shed some light on that for us? Yes. So I think this has been so hard for me because I don't necessarily see the purpose in a lot of the pain that I've walked through, but I know because of what the word says, I know that it's going to be complete and I'm going to see this purpose when Jesus returns or when I go to heaven whichever one comes first. And that to me is something that I can cling to because thinking about our purpose in pain during pain is virtually impossible. You know, going through cancer, for example, I wasn't like, Oh, there's, there's just so much purpose in this. Like, I just know it. Like, it's going to be so great. I was so angry. I was horrible. (laughs) You know, I had no purpose. I was no joy, none of that stuff. And now looking back though, I can start to see some, some of what God is doing and how he's working and how he is using these things, these darkest devastations, these worst moments of my life, the trauma, the, the pain, all of it. And he's using it for his glory. And that is all that we could ever pray for. Because I think at the end of the day, our lives are about making Christ known in our suffering because it's really easy to talk about God when everything's going great, (laughs) you know, blessings are coming at you from every angle, but when you're going through something hard and extremely difficult and other people still see you showcase the glory of God and what he is doing, that is, that's a testimony, you know? So, I mean, it's a, it's very hard. This isn't like some easy thing to do, but I think that when you are able to look back and start to see this bridge that is, you know, you're crossing over from just the worst things and then finally seeing, oh my goodness, God is actually working this out and he's, he's doing something behind the scenes. And I get to be involved in this story of, you know, redemption or healing or whatever it is in your life. And that's just, that's just beautiful. I think one of my favorite things, well, I have a lot of favorite things about the Lord, but is that he does not send these types of things into our life, but man, he will totally take what the enemy meant for evil and bring good from it. Like every single time, if we will stop and we'll let him. Every time. Yep. And that is, again, it just, that that brings joy, right? And and hope and strength to know wow, Lord, I know that this isn't from you because we live in this fallen world, but you take whatever the enemy tried to knock me out with <laughs> and you turn it and you use it for a testimony. Um, and then here you are writing a book <laughs> or you, you didn't writing right. it now. You wrote a book and it's released into our world and it's encouraging women who are currently in the thick of what you just mentioned. I yeah. also very much appreciated that you said, 
Like when you're going through cancer, you weren't just sitting there going, oh, this is great. <laughs> I have so much joy right now. This is yeah. awesome. Like you, you <laughs> right. weren't right. You were real, but no, that, that was not the look on my face and, and in my heart as I was walking through it. But here I am on the other side and I can, you know, speak now to that place. And so I know that there's listeners today and even women who've picked up your book who are in that thick of it though, you know, just mm -hmm. like that in that yeah. trial, uh, what would you say to the woman who's in the thick of it, in the thick of the thing that they're walking through? That it's not over and that this season is not going to last forever and that you're this story that God is growing you in and teaching you in, that is forever. We will always learn and grow and cultivate these characteristics in becoming more like Christ. And it's just a, it is a journey and it is hard, but this exact hard season right now, whatever you're facing, it's not going to last forever. That a new season, a new chapter of your life is coming, but we have to keep enduring and we have to realize that there are so many things now that we can still push people around us to the Lord because of how we're living our life in that pain and in that suffering, but it's not, it's not over. And this new season is coming. Amen. Can I receive that too? <laughs> it yes, is not over. <laughs> A new season is coming. Whew, those are some words and due season for some of you listening today. So take heart. Well, Nicole, where can the listeners connect with you, get your book, all the things? Oh, yes. So I think my books in quite a few places, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Mardell, Christian Book, maybe a couple others. Um, but if you just go to NicoleJacobsmeyer.com or my, I'm mainly active on the Instagram. That's kind of my social sphere that I'm in. And that's just Nicole.JacobsMeyer. So either one, come say hi. <laughs> Perfect. And obviously all those links will be in the show notes as well. Well, Nicole, thank you again for taking time to come on, for sharing your heart in a very real and authentic way. I always appreciate that. And then just for the the hope and the joy that you instilled in the listeners, I can't wait for them to get hold of your book too. Thank you, Rachel. I've loved this. It's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In our Monday morning talk therapy episodes in the month of October, we are in a series called Coping Skills to Calm Your Nerves and Retrain Your Brain. Today, I want to discuss a practical coping skill when you're going through something hard, kind of those, some of those hard things that Nicole and I were talking about today and you need to process your thoughts and your feelings. Now, I'm gonna dive much deeper into this topic in next Monday's episode, but for now, let's highlight a few of the reasons, only a few because I could sit here for the next 30 minutes and tell you all the reasons why processing things is so good, but here are just a few reasons that processing through journaling or talking is so powerful. It gets it up, and out. If you can't talk about it, it owns you. So when we process, when we say that word process, we're just referring to giving those things that are happening in our head and our heart space to come out. 
I know as busy women, especially a lot of times why we don't do this is because we just don't have time, right? And we're also a little bit afraid of like, man, if I do give myself space to let some of this up and out, I don't know, I've got to get back to work or I've got to get to my kids or I've got to do this something else that we're going to. And that's real. That's a valid reason to be concerned about giving the space. But here's my next thing that I'm going to tell you about why it's so powerful to, to journal and give ourselves this space. And it's this, when we stuff emotions, they find their way out somewhere. So why not let them out in a controlled manner? This is why oftentimes we'll see something like an explosion, you know, and when I say explosion, I mean a mental, you know, an emotional explosion where some tiny thing that seems tiny, right, to the person on on the other side just completely sets us off. It's that whole saying, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, that thing wasn't really the biggest issue. It's just all of those stuffed emotions and everything that was just repressed all of a sudden decides to be unleashed. So your emotions will find a way out. So why not be the one who says, you know what? I'm gonna give you a little bit of space each day. Even if it's just at the end of your day. I know for me, I process a lot when I drive, especially, you know, I like to drive alone for that reason. I talk to God out loud. I am the crazy lady walking through the neighborhood, talking out loud. And again, I'm just processing to God. I'm a verbal processor more than a, um, writing, you know, type processor. However, I try to challenge myself to do both. All right, here's another reason why we have to do it. It helps you spot inaccurate thoughts. So sometimes just saying or writing it, we recognize it's not true. Have you ever done that where you start to process to a friend something that upset you or something you're worried about maybe even, and you just say it out loud. And as soon as the words leave your mouth, you kind of go, oh, Wait, like you almost correct yourself and you almost want to take it back because as soon as you hear it come out, you recognize the flaw in it. And it's not that it wasn't, it didn't really feel that true to you. It felt true. But once we get it out, it kind of is like, again, it's the up and out thing where you can kind of go, oh, wait, oh yeah, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true about me, you know? So it's just nice because it gets it out so we can just look at it from a different perspective. Um, another reason we need to do this, it lets God and trusted loved ones, notice I said trusted loved ones, into our struggle. I am not referring to getting on social media and telling everybody about what's happening with you. I mean, if you feel so led to do that, I'm not going to judge you, but I do want to caution you. Be mindful of where you let yourself process things. My first and foremost go-to is always God. I start with God because he can handle the very messy side of me. And so, you know, by the time I get to a friend or a counselor or, you know, even if you ever hear me talk about publicly some struggles I've had, I have processed that with God first and foremost. He has buffered that. So if you ever look at me and you think, man, she's got it all together. The only reason I have any illusion of having it all together is because I go to God with the messy And he helps me sort through that stuff. And so again, on Monday, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about some processes that you can use there. And here's the last thing I'm going to say for today about why it is just so powerful to give ourselves this space to process. It grows our faith to look back on old journal entries and see how God took what the enemy meant for evil and he turned it for good. I can't tell you the number of times I've been discouraged or maybe even fearful about something coming up and I'll flip through an old journal from even years ago and I see how, oh my goodness, I'm living out 
a redemption story right now. Like the thing that I was kind of freaking out about in my journal a few years ago, the Lord totally redeemed that. And it just builds your faith muscle. So it's really powerful, especially when I journal. I like to put dates next to things so I can see that. So I can go back and go, wow, look at this and just see the significance there. It's really cool. Okay, so you are going to want to tune in on Monday for specific ways you can journal and talk to God that are life-giving and helpful. I'm going to share with you some tips on there that are just really practical. It's not going to be another to-do list thing, okay? All right, let me pray over you over this topic here. So, Father, I thank you so much for every single listener who's sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that they tuned in here today and that you knew they were going to be here. I'm just so grateful for this community. And Lord, I love you've given us all of these natural built-in ways to process through feelings and thoughts and events that have happened in our life. And you help us bring them up and out so that your light can shine on them. I ask that you give each and every one of us creative ways to process these things in a way that feels joyful and that does just restore our joy. And in this theme of taking back our joy today in this episode, God, I just want to pray for joy over every single listener. Just that deep, deep joy that only you can give Jesus. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Well, for more free resources or information about therapy or all the things, just always go to my website. That's rachelgilbert.com. And if today's episode blessed you, would you consider leaving a review if you've not done that yet? It helps other listeners find the show, and we love to read the reviews. Well, my friend, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing those God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.